Well, good morning. morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. We'll begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. is hymn number 634. O Lord, how my foes have increased! How many are rising against me! How many who say of my life, there is no help from God for him! You, Lord, are my lifelong master, my honor, my reason for pride. When I cry aloud to the Lord, he responds from his holy hill. As for me, I can lie down and sleep, Then arise, for the Lord sustains me. I fear not, though thousands of men gather around to oppose me. Arise, Lord, save me, my God. You can slap the face of my foes and break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation, O Lord, may your blessing rest on your people. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 458. Jesus, keep me near the cross. God, we come before you just as we are, 
And Lord, we do so not because of habit, but because we want to call upon you to be a part of our lives every moment of every day. And Lord, as we we pray to you, we think of the needs that we have in our own lives, the small needs, the big needs, the needs, Lord, in our lives that only your Holy Spirit can communicate to you how we truly think and feel about many of the circumstances in our lives. And God, we are so thankful that your Holy Spirit does intercede for us in a very special way with the needs that we have in our lives. Lord, we also think of the needs of family members and of friends, of patients throughout this medical center, of the staff that are working today, of the family members that will be visiting. And yes, Lord, it is out of habit that we lift them all up to you in prayer. But once again, God, we do so because we call upon you to intervene in all of these lives, to hear the prayers of everyone that we have mentioned, those that we have thought in our hearts and minds right now as we are praying to you together collectively. We lift them up to you right now because each of us have individual people that we think of and that we pray for and that we love and hope for dearly. And Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer as well. And Lord, we would just ask that you would continue to bless this time of worship that we have together. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn this morning is number 414, Softly and Tenderly.
reminded as he's calling me, he's calling each and every one of you. And when I was thinking about the last chorus that we were singing, when people remind me about the hypocrites in the church, I always remind them that there's always room for one more and that they're welcome to join us. So in the same way as I am a sinner, there's always room for one more to come home as well to be with the Lord. Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 19, beginning with verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, they than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious God, it is good to be in your house to worship you. And Lord, I am so thankful for all of us that are here because our desire is to worship you and to learn more about ourselves and to learn more about you. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, you know, the other day, and I don't know about you, but when I have these real, weird, strange dreams, do you ever have those where you actually remember the things that took place in your dreams? Usually when we have a dream, as soon as we wake up within a few moments, we kind of forgot what we dreamed about. But every once in a while we have a dream in which we remember the people involved, we remember what was taking place, and some of the things we can relate to and we can understand, and then there's some other things that we can't relate to and that we can't understand. So the other day I was having this dream, and I was having dreams of various, of various things that were taking place in this dream, something that I used to do in the workplace, which that made perfect sense to me, something that had to do with a combination lock, and that made perfect sense because I usually don't remember combinations really well, and I was really struggling to remember the combination, to un unlock the combination lock. You remember those kind of locks that you used to have in junior high and high school, you know, where you try to be as quick as you can, you usually try to do the tumblers, and sometimes you'd always forget a number or two, so I was struggling with this in my dream. But then I was thinking about someone, an individual came into my dream that I hadn't thought about in a very long time. And in fact, it was something, someone that I used to work with in ministry a very long time ago. In fact, when I was just a teenager, just graduating from high school. And this person was in my dream and it was kind of a scary dream because he was one of these kind of guys that was, how should I say, sometimes not so nice when he would talk to you about things, if anybody knows anybody like that. And so out of curiosity, as I woke up from my dream, I just had this impression that somehow he had died. And so I went to my phone, looked up the person on the Internet, and guess what? There was his obituary, and he had died. 
And so I thought about that, and I said, you know, I'm not usually into dream theology, so those of you that you know, are in the dream theology, I'm not in the dream theology, but every once in a while we get impressions from God about different things, and he leads us to different steps. And so as I was reading about the obituary about this person that I had worked for at one time, there was also part of a blog that was written by one of his daughters. And the relationship between himself and his daughters had not ended very well. And she was blogging this, actually talking about this. And I was actually sharing it with Lynn. And the sad thing about it was, I was thinking about the relationship, because obviously I had a relationship with him, a different one. And obviously his daughters had a relationship with this person and a different one. But yet, as I was looking at the blog, I could see things as she described them as she was talking about her father and how he conducted certain things. And part of it was apologetic. Part of it was also the fact that there was trying to be reconciliation between the father and the daughters, and that reconciliation didn't take place. Part of the blog talked about the hurts that the family had had happened to them in the last couple of years of the relationship. And I thought, how sad. How sad with all of the people, both the daughters and the father, knowing all of the tools that they need to know and to have, to have reconciliation, to have forgiveness, to demonstrate God's grace to each other. But yet, all of those things were not used. But then I related it to myself. I related it to my journey with God. And how am I doing on that measure? And so when I asked that question of myself, you guessed it, I'm going to ask the question of you as well. Because how are you doing with the tools that God has given you? in terms of reconciliation, in terms of forgiveness, to see and understand God's relationship with us. The psalmist tells us here of the vast creation that all around us speaks so loudly but yet so silently about the presence of God in our lives. A thought that I had about the psalmist as you read other psalms, not just the good ones that give you warm fuzzies, but some of the other ones that talk about the conflict, that talk about the anxiety, that talk about the anger, that talk about the frustration, that talk about the enemies, that talk about trying to understand an individual's relationship with God and the world that they find themselves in. And then I thought about one very important thing. For you and I to take the tools that God has given us of forgiveness and of grace and of reconciliation, we need to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We we need to allow others to see at times in our lives that we are not so weak that we are strong in making ourselves vulnerable that it's not a sign of weakness but a sign of strength and I think about the various psalms where David cries out and makes himself vulnerable to the entire world as he writes these words that he has of anxiety and of trouble And in the same way, how do we write our words of anxiety and of troubles? Do we make ourselves vulnerable? And yes, I've had people tell me, well, there's a time and a place for that. You don't want to make yourself vulnerable all the time because people are going to take advantage of it. People are going to use it against you. How many of you have heard that before, right? You want to be strong. You don't want people to see your weakness because people will exploit it. Yeah, 
all of that is true. But my response to that is, so what? If somebody wants to exploit it, let them. Because they're demonstrating what? That they are the weaker person. They are demonstrating that they are not walking with the Lord. And we see it again and again and again that God wants us to be vulnerable to Him in all things. And we do that when we interact with God, when we have fellowship with God, when we have devotions with God. And we need to do that. And as I was praying today, I deliberately said, this is not a habit. Yes, this is something that we do when we come and worship. And yes, I lead all of us in prayer collectively together as a body of believers in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it's not out of habit. It is out of our devotion to God. And when we do the Lord's Prayer, it is a reminder that there are so many situations in our lives that we do not know how to pray. Situations within our own personal lives, situations with our family and friends, situations that we see in the world in which we are a part of, and we don't know how to pray. God tells us through the Lord's Prayer how to pray when we don't know how to pray. It is not a force of habit. It reveals a honest evaluation, a vulnerability about ourselves, that Lord, I don't know how to pray about this circumstance. Teach me to pray. And that's exactly what was asked of him. And he demonstrated to them, when you don't know what to pray, this is what your prayer should be. And it is something that reflects in our lives our devotion to God, our fellowship to God, our daily worship with God. And when we find ourselves in life allowing pride, allowing our own personal stubbornness in certain situations, that it is depriving us of the relationships that God wants us to have. God reminds us through his creation that he is speaking to us. God reminds us and the people that are around us that he is speaking to us. God reminds us in the things that we do in our lives that he is speaking to us. And you know what I mean by that. I'm not talking about hearing voices. I'm talking about the consciousness that we have with God, one with God, the Spirit of God that is present in each and every one of our lives, and how we interact with that presence. And the question is, as we interact with that presence, where does it lead us? That we begin in the morning with that presence in our lives, with that right attitude of our relationship being right with God? Or do we grumble? Do we whine? Do we complain? There are times when I get up in the morning and I'm like, really? I've got to go into work again? I'd like to say that every time I get up, I look forward to coming to the VA Medical Center and doing ministry. Most of the time, yes. But there are some times when the answer is no. Now, did I just make myself vulnerable before you? Yes. And what does that say? It shows that I'm being honest. I'm being truthful. And if I know that I don't have a right attitude, then I need to evaluate where is my relationship with God. Because every day should be one of joy. 
Every day should be one in which I look forward to coming here and showing people and demonstrating to people that they need to consider things perhaps greater than themselves in their lives to make their lives better. So I just made myself vulnerable to you. I am not perfect. I struggle with things. I deal with questions. I don't have all the answers. But yet when I share that with you, it feels okay to me. Right? Because we come and we worship together. We're here for a variety of reasons. But yet we see that as we walk with the Lord together, we learn by each other. We learn by each other's successes. We learn by each other's mistakes. And we should endeavor in every day to begin with the right attitude. That when we look at the things in our past, imperfect as those things are, we should thank God that he has brought us to where we are here today. And Lynn and I have conversations about this from time to time, that when we look back at our lives together, when we look at all the different things that brought us to where we are today and the circumstances that we are in today, are those circumstances perfect? No. Do they have problems? Yes. Are we are glad that we are here in this present moment in time? And the answer is yes. And within our own lives, that should reveal an attitude of thankfulness and of gratitude. And then as we examine the past and we acknowledge the past and we thank God for the past because it has brought us where we are today, then we look forward in confidence to the future. Not that it's going to be perfect. Not that it's going to be exempt from problems and from frustrations and from challenges. On the contrary, we look forward to the future in confidence because we know that God has been with us in the past. Even at those times in our lives when we did not want God in our lives, He was still there for us. And we can go forward in the future with confidence because even in those times going forward when we do not want God in our lives, God is still going to be present there. But we can only sense that and understand that when we have that relationship with God. That's an ongoing process. It's evolving. It's growing. And it's a process in which you and I actively participate in for us to grow and to mature. And we have a long way to go. Our journey is one step at a time. The direction that we take in each one of those steps, we hope and pray is the right direction from God. But yet when we look at today, when you look at your day and my day, do I have some things already in my mind that have already been planned out? Yes. Are there some expectations? Yes. Do I have an expectant spirit? Yes. Do I want to win the football pool that I'm a part of this weekend? Yes. Try to get some smiles to see if you guys are listening. But you know what? When we begin this day with an attitude that reflects our relationship with God in the proper way, when we are thankful for the past, to look forward to the future with all confidence, we expect the day to be a good day. And our expectations of the day is however we want to create it and frame it as we walk with God. But I know that I will have a better day today if I allow myself to be just a little bit vulnerable of the circumstances that I find myself in. 
if I just allow myself not wanting to have my way about everything, I will find my day a little better. Because you see, the day is not dedicated about what I can get out of it. It's dedicated about what I can do to give back to others. And when I have that attitude, even the challenges don't seem to be that big a deal. Because I know what is directing it. It's not me. It's the presence of God that is directing it. Because when I allow myself to be just a little bit vulnerable, I find myself more at ease, more relaxed, not so uptight. And people respond to that. People respond to that vulnerability. People respond to that openness in very positive ways. Because then you see how God is working in your life and in the lives of others. Because what I have found as I try to do my best to have a devotion with God each day, and I begin my day being open to God, then I find myself open to people. And consequently, they respond. Think about that. When you are open to people in certain situations, don't they usually respond in the same way? Don't they all of a sudden start becoming a little bit more open to you because you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable just a little bit? Because what you're doing is you're giving them permission to be who they are. Because you have demonstrated by example that you have given permission to yourself to be who you are. To be authentic to be real. And then we find the day, even with all of its challenges, not really being a bad day at all. Because we feel good about ourselves that we've been walking with God. We feel good about ourselves that we have allowed ourselves to be a little vulnerable with each other. We've seen others respond to that in kind. And then we just thank God for the day. And as we allow that vulnerability in our lives, we see the creation that God has made for us. We feel the warmth of the sun. We see the birds that are in the air. We see the trees outside the chapel. We see the things around us that speak so loudly to us, but yet when we are not open to God, we don't hear any of those things because we are so focused on ourselves. We have not taken the gift of salvation and have incorporated it into our lives the way it should be. We have not taken that forgiveness that has been given to us. We have not taken that grace that has been given to us to use in our daily lives to reveal to others what we are practicing, our relationship with God. And when we go through that day, beginning with the right attitude, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, to be open, with an expectation that it is going to be a good day because God is with us. And when we make it through the day, even if that day is not perfect, and even though there have been things that have been challenged, we finish the day and we can say to ourselves as we look back and assess the day and all of the things that we accomplished, all of the things that we did not accomplish, and we say, thank you, God, for the day that you have given me. Thank you for that peace that even though there were challenges, because I allowed myself to be vulnerable to you at the beginning of the day, I was able to make myself vulnerable to everyone during the day. And now, God, as evening comes, I look back at my day and I want to say thank you for the interactions that I had with other people. 
Thank you for the things that you allowed me to enjoy. Thank you, God, that I was able to turn to you when I had some difficulties and I needed some wisdom and some discernment and some understanding. Thank you, God, for the graciousness that you've given me. And now, Lord, as I end my day, I am so thankful that I am in peace with you, that I am at peace with the people that are in my life, and that I can be at ease, and I can be at rest. It is something for us to consider, to make ourselves open to God at the beginning of the day, to see His creation, to hear its loud voice of His existence in our own individual lives. And then taking that and allowing others to see that same presence in our own lives by allowing ourselves just to be a little bit vulnerable about the things that are taking place in our lives. Because we are at peace with God. And when we are at peace with God, we are at peace with ourselves and we are at peace with the rest of the world. Doesn't mean that we don't do things to change it. Doesn't mean that we don't get involved in people's lives to help others. But it gives us the perspective that we need to have to do all of those things to serve each other the way that God wants us to serve each other, to realize our faults and that other people have faults, to realize our imperfections as others have imperfections. And then we find ourselves in that moment of peace that passes all understanding. You know, I say that every time we close our service. I do that not out of habit. I do that because that is something that each and every one of us is striving for in our daily lives, is to have that peace that is beyond our understanding. A peace that only comes from our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please take a few moments as we partake together of communion, looking at the things in our lives, wanting them to be better. But those changes begin with us first. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us to be vulnerable with each other, to put ourselves aside just for a moment, to give people permission that they too can be vulnerable. And we see, God, the peace that is given through that. We see and we understand the creation that is around us. And we hear you. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have communion together as a body of believers in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we do this not out of habit, but we do this because it is a symbol of our devotion and commitment to you every day. Help us, God, to keep in Christ's name. Amen.
For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me in your hymnals to number 111. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. God, you have reminded us how faithful you are to us. But God, it begins when we are vulnerable to things in the Spirit that you want to teach us. God, help us to do that. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.